everybody, and welcome to episode three of Box Box Box. It gives me great pleasure to come back to this platform and give you another episode. Uh, we do deeply apologize for missing episodes, uh, including Monaco and Baku, the two street circuits. But you know, the boys are back. They they had a little meetup in California, and they were unable to do the other two episodes. But we're back, and quite honestly, we're just going to chat about the Formula One season this far. Uh, you know, give us some hot takes to go forward and talk about Austria, talk about the past three races, the heating up battles, and and let's just get straight into it. You know, I'm going to turn it over to Shion and you know, let's 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 hear your hot take of the day and and give us your Austria prediction. All right, hot take of the day: Lando Norris is going to finish in front of Valtteri Bottas in the drivers' uh, championship. Um. And my analysis on the upcoming race is, um, you know, we've started to see the battle, the battle between the Goliath and, and Tiny David, which is um, Christian Horner. And it seems like Goliath is, is really just amped up now. So I'm excited to see how, uh, what he brings to, uh, to Austria. Uh, it's, the, it's the small guy energy, isn't it? I can it really is, appreciate it. I can't Small believe you just called him short, dude. That's so funny. Short, hey, short kings thrive, man. It's, it's the age of short kings. It's real funny yeah. because you know how uh, celebrity boxing has become real big, so everyone's suggesting get Christian Warner and Toto <laughs> in, the, in the ring. I would pay I'd that. pay good money to watch that. Well, I mean, like, the odds in, in favor of Toto are going to be crazy. Oh, yeah, he's ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Brun? Or wait, Chion, Austria prediction. Uh, Austria prediction, yes. I think it'll be a Mercedes figuring things out and we'll see equally a competitive battle for, uh, for the top. I hope Botas can figure it out, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Max and Sergio hold off Lewis. Uh, my hot take and Austria predictions are rolled into one. I'm going to say, since it's a little stormy, uh, Danny Rick Podium. Hey, stormy Daniels. Um, okay. Oh. Oh. Yeah, this is a family-friendly show, please. It's, let's not go political, hey. okay? Yeah. No <laughs> politics sorry, here. Sorry. I apologize. from Formula One politics. All the supporters. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, bad conditions. Danny Rick's got a lot of experience. He's finally getting comfortable with the car. Let's go Danny Rick podium. Why not? Anything can happen with grades. All right. All right. I love that. Is that, is that, your, is that the hot take and the prediction? Yeah. Yeah, I'll combine them into one. My, my other hot take is, like, Sergio's back. Sergio oh, yeah. is is back. Well, let's be let's be uh-huh. quite honest. He never left. He was getting accustomed to the races. car. Learning. He said five races trip. unless he won the sixth. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a man of his word. He can tell the future. <laughs> he's a man of his word. All right, Rishi, what's yours? I personally, I'm going to give my Austria prediction first, so I can think of a hot take in the meantime. I'm going to go with a Red Bull one-two. Max leading Checo, and then I'm going to go with Lewis third. And my hot take is that Pierre Gasly is going to podium podium twice more this season. This season, okay. I feel like that's Interesting. reasonable. Interesting. Uh, so you have you have the leaders of the pack, right? It's it's always if the Mercedes and Red Bull have issues, only then does someone have the opportunity to really. Mm-hmm. Uh, podium, right? We saw in the last race there was some forty-second gap between Valtteri and, and Lando, and and it's uh, it's really tough. I mean, no one's developing these cars anymore in twenty twenty-one, right? They're all focused yeah. on the twenty twenty-two regulation changes. 
So there's no way that they're really going to catch up anymore this season. So, I mean, with rain this this upcoming hysteria, I mean, we always get teased with rain, right? We always see in the forecast, but it doesn't come to fruition. So we'll, we'll have to see. Even slightly wet conditions would be awesome. You know? Like just slightly wet conditions, even like like how yeah. e- even for this past French Grand Prix, right? Like all the data they collected on the dry conditions, no just, it just didn't matter, and yeah. it was like a fun race on Sunday because of that. And like you know, yeah, hopefully it's a bit more chaotic than that. But <laughs> it's really the I don't know. I thought it. France was so chaotic because they really just didn't know what was happening. They were like, wait, the tire deck's way higher. Wait, like the undercut's so powerful. They they just their data. I don't know. These guys, these data scientists normally have such a better grasp on what's happening, but it went out all the way. It all went out the window once, you know, the temperatures dropped that morning and there was rain in the morning. Fascinating, fascinating race. Cleared off the rubber Uh, off the track. Yeah. Yeah. Craziness. I I don't know. I I really liked how, you know, Checo's like tire management was, was quite impressive especially in the French Grand Prix, just because everyone else was struggling so much with it. And he was just waiting, waiting, did his one stop, and then just attacked Mercedes. Like, he's finally the second driver that, like, Red Bull has needed to compliment Verstappen's, like, he's just, like, a savant. So, like, obviously he's going to do well. But having someone back there to, like, attack, like, Valtteri or Lewis even, it was and super able to helpful for them. Arrive on his own strategy that's completely different. It's, it's not competing with his teammate with the same strategy. He's able yeah. to make something else work for him. And, Which is what makes him so that, dangerous. That's exciting to see. What's up? It's what makes him so dangerous. Because you're like, yeah. okay, right? Like, like, oh, like they have the same car. Like, let's try to like he'll probably do what Max does, is probably what Mercedes mm-hmm. was thinking up until probably right. this weekend, maybe last weekend. But like he just kind of does whatever they ask him to. It's so much like there's so much versatility at Red Bull now. They have two incredible characters who can do any kind of strategy. And like yeah. that too, coming just at Lewis is, is going to be very interesting. And that's what it is, right? It's it's Red Bull versus Mercedes. It's not Max versus the Mercs. It's 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 finally it's that Bull narrative that Lewis, Christian yeah. Horner and Helmut Marko have always wanted is their second driver to come into play. And they've sh- it showed you in the past couple of races that they've been able to bring in Sergio into the race and kind of like mess with the Mercedes uh, strategy, whether it's through the undercut, whether it's through one-stopping your second driver to enable Max to go uh, and get that win um, and then secure the podium. It's, he, he's doing, I'm, I'm very excited for the next couple of races because not only is it Red Bull versus Mercedes finally, but it's also a triple header, which means they can take that momentum mm-hmm. and build on it each race. And we know how strong they've been at Austria um, you know, I know, I know Valtteri Bottas won the season opener last year, and then Lewis had that stunner of a pole lap over 1.2 seconds uh, in the rain, which if there's rain, you know, Lewis is the best. But, um, but get back to 2019 when you had the amazing Leclerc versus Verstappen battle. Like, this is a track where Max does amazingly, and it's also a power-driven track, which means that Honda beast of an engine they brought to um, Paul Ricard is going to do wonders like it's a low downforce track they ran a low downforce package they were rapid on the straights i know mercedes uh had a higher downforce package they're always going to make amendments in this track but uh, oh man it's it's mouth watering 
And to, and to speak on Honda for a second also, the performance throughout the weekend, not just in Formula One, was also incredible. It was on in Moto, MotoGP, IndyCar, and, like and they were just dubs, dubs, dubs. I mean, yeah, like a clean sweep. <laughs> right. I mean, it's pretty apparently like what they do. <laughs> it's electric. They, come in. they were coming. Wasn't it like a couple of, or maybe a year ago that they were thinking of just leaving the sport entirely? Well, they are. They are. They are still leaving the sport. Yeah. I, I thought yeah, they were just It's what they do. Years. They come in, don't do well, say they're going to leave, then start to do well. And then leave, and they come back it's, a decade it's later. It's so expensive. <laughs> yeah, actually, Red Bull's going to become a works team. It's going to be a Red Bull team. Like they're going to yeah, be, I mean, they're, they're going to build the chassis, own, uh, and they're going to, yeah. Yeah, they've yeah. actually been. It's been a big story, right? Because they're nicking loads of Mercedes uh, engine developers. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's loads of backstory the happening wow. between the teams. Like think about that. That's also for you know they must have put a lot of effort into their twenty like this season. Um, whereas you know, a lot of teams are putting a lot of effort in the next season. They're going to get some of these Mercedes engineers who've been ideating for next season's um, updates and bringing that to Red Bull is going to be wild. I mean, yeah, I'm I sure there's some issue of IP there, but like, sure, sure. Like, the, I don't think the I don't think the Honda engine and the Merc engine are necessarily one to one. So like, it, it's I think it's more about the poaching of the talent and like, yeah. Now, like even Mercedes, like right, you can't give the guys who are leaving next year any information they so must like, that's just gonna slow you out like no, it, it's just there chaos. must be paperwork what's also cool is um i think a lot of honda engineers are also leaving honda and, and moved and migrating to red bull to work yeah red bull to keep working sense. on the same engine exactly yeah. it's gonna be awesome it's the same thing that they have so yeah Finally. the name's not there the, the culture there. so yeah it'll next year will be exciting yeah it's amazing um, it's amazing the, the, i hope the lewis versus max kind of narrative keeps building um, because while it's only the third season, competitive relationship. They do, they do. For sure, I, I think both are so comfortable. Max being the young pretender, knowing like this is this is a season where he can prove it, and Lewis being like the seven-time world champion. He's like he's been in this situation. He's had close battles with Fernando Alonso, with Kimi Raikkonen uh, in his rookie season. He's had close battles with Nico Rosberg for three years. Uh, with Sebastian Vettel when in 2018 when the Ferrari was quick. So he's been here and he knows what he has to do. So there, there's just so much respect between the two. But on track, once they put that helmet on, it's just uh, the best part is they haven't crashed yet. They provided yeah. the full entertainment and they've been seeing the checkered flag. And it's I'm just so excited for this. I think Austria is a great track and I think the battle between the two is heating up. Um, and it's just going to be a brilliant race. Like I think last year if you look at the percentage of tv time that was showing lewis hamilton it was probably like at two to three percent versus almost like 50 percent of paul ricard was the leading pack which was awesome to see yeah because you know i love the midfield i then the back of the pack is cool sure mm -hmm. by the end of the day you want to see on track battles between the front and and that's what I mean, we're being privileged to watch Back of the track is cool because because you're also seeing some young guns, right? You're seeing like Mick Schumacher, who's, who's gonna have a, a great future in this sport, like a Q2 if he likes it or not. Appearance yeah. for him, exactly. So I mean, like you're seeing, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing a lot of potential back there, and you're seeing growth in these young guys also. So I think anywhere you're watching, like what if you're watching the mid pack, the, the front runners, or the the back of the pack, you're you're having a good time. So th this has been in the media all throughout the season and preseason. But let's let's talk it through a little bit. George Russell's future is it at Williams? Is it at Mercedes? I think it's gone to the point in the media where I'm tired of listening to it. I'm tired of hearing the interviews with George Russell, where he's like, "Please just ask me about today's race." Um, <laughs> but but go on, lads. What what are we thinking? 
I think the relationship with Botas and Mercedes is in a pretty bad place right now that I don't know if it's worth renewing his contract or trying to repair it. Do you know what I mean? Well, why do you say that? I mean, dude, it's, it really seems like his, so for example, right. Obviously like we don't know the inner workings, but like Valtteri wanted to do a two-stopper, right. But him doing a two-stopper would have made it way easier for Red Bull to put a lot more pressure on Lewis earlier in the race, which maybe might be why, despite him saying over the radio that he wants to stop that Mercedes strategist just said no. Right. They wanted him out there as like a buffer to really reduce that probability that the two stop attack from Red Bull would actually succeed, which, right, this, I, this I think is, is this the is right Formula goal, One. But he has to think about his own race, right? He, he's, what do you want me to do? Just right. pull in? Exactly. And like, wait. Like, and then what? Get his, like, you want me to crash into Max so that Lewis can take the dub? Like, you know, to him, he, he, he can't, he can't mentally think himself out of the battle yet. He's there to win races, so he's thinking about the best strategy for himself. Yeah, he's a team player, and we've seen in the past that Bottas is a great team player. And I don't think I don't think that fractured the Mercedes relationship. If anything, I think they saw the fire still lit in Bottas, and they were like, "Hell yeah!" We got to think about it from from Mercedes's like a management perspective, also, right? What are the expectations for George Russell keeping him away from the team for another year? You know, how does that impact George's career as it impacts Valtteri's career? So. They're probably thinking about, um, you know, what kind of stage of George is at? Like, if he's okay with just staying at Williams for longer, in which case I don't see an issue with them trying to develop Botas more because he's hungry and that's kind of what you want, right? Like, they let Nico and Lewis race. Like, even though there was animosity between them, they were able to kind of manage it and let that happen. Um, that hunger is something that, you know, Mercedes, I think, is not afraid of. I just think Botas has to actually perform it seems like all talk and no performance out of, out of the guy so i think i think it's too early to give them the deal or assess if they want george mm-hmm. because they're going to be so focused on the constructors and yeah. Bottas is going to be pivotal to them retaining the constructors. so it's going to these are chats are going to go on late into the season you know mm-hmm. they got to focus on now and see if valtteri is the guy you know they've had comfortable years while valtteri is there uh so they're going to have to see if Valtteri can come through and bring them, you know, be clutch and yeah. get them that dub that, Lu- that Lewis yeah, yeah. is going to provide those big points. But can Valtteri play as big a role as Checo? Is Checo going to come in and, you know, beat him off the bat in his debut year for Red Bull? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is his year. He has to prove himself this year because this is the first time that in, I think, probably Valtteri's stint at Mercedes that they've challenged, right? Yeah. Well, like, quite frankly, it was only the inter intra-team battle with Nico, but they weren't challenged by other constructors. So this is the first yeah. time Mercedes... Valtteri could always perform the way he has been performing and the, and the Mercedes team yeah. and the constructors and Lewis came yeah. in. This is the first and, time that Mercedes yeah, all you need, constructor right? in the turbo hybrid era have been challenged. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and this, like, yeah, they're threatened, I guess. So I think it's time for him to step up and really show that he can be that the second guy. If he can't, then we'll know the answer at the end. Yeah. Excellent. Well, gents, I don't want to cut us off early from this chat, this great chat about the, the top of the table, the Red Bull versus Mercedes, but I think there's just so much content in the, the mid-team, uh, the mid-table battle, the, uh, the McLaren versus, versus Ferrari, which historically, I would love to see these guys challenging Mercedes and Red Bull for the crown, but right now they're, they're battling it out for third, and, and um, you know, we saw two polls for Charles, 
in in the street tra- tracks and now we saw a good saturday and an absolutely horrendous sunday for ferrari and kind of like not not as strongly uh not not a terrible saturday from mclaren but not as good but an incredible sunday and and let's just let's get into that a little bit like you know what do we think about the ferrari versus mclaren battle for for third place well so for ferrari at least we're able to see clearly where they thrive the most which is which is on those street circuits right there they're able to get full and they're able to have a competitive ish race um but i think the consistency of mclaren is what's really been showing and the consistency of at least lando has been showing um you know a, a driver to get consecutive points in every race in a, in a midfield team like that's that's an incredible um kind of statement for them and all we're going to see is danny rick start to get um you know more and more familiar and comfortable with a great car Whereas on the Ferrari side, I think it's the, the car is the limitation. It's not the drivers that are the limitation. So um, that's kind of where I, where I see the battle going is, is McLaren can only really either stay as good as they are or improve based on Danny Rick's performance. Um, whereas, you know, Ferrari is just kind of at the, the behest of whatever track that they're at, due to their, their poor tire, tire measure. And obviously we have no more street circuits with Singapore being canceled. So those tight corners that Ferrari seems to love um, will not be occurring as, as often this season. Um, But, you know, to your point, do you see that McLaren are kind of going to be tightening the gaps in the top two versus be in this challenge with Ferrari throughout the season? Or do you see it being a McLaren versus Ferrari? Or do you think they're going to run away with it? And that's this is open to Karun as well. Uh, I personally think McLaren's going to pull away just because they're the more consistent of the two. Um, like, I, I think, yeah, I think McLaren's going to be a clear best of the rest um, with Rari competing more with, like, the AlphaTauri and the Alpine, right? Because they can consistently do that for sure. Um, I just don't think that they thrive, like Cheyenne mentioned, in any, like, high-speed track where you're taking a lot of high-speed corners because um, their tires just get destroyed, which happened, well, I forget what race it was. Where well, Charles Paul Ricard. <laughs> well, Paul Ricard, but also earlier in the season, um, I think it might have been Portugal or Spain, where they were just really strong. Uh, that sounds right, because Carlos Sainz had a great qualifying in Portugal yeah, and just exactly. could not work it out in Sunday. And on a power track, you know, we're going to see the rubber really get tested on these straights and the high-speed corners. I could see Ferrari, you know, this, this probably at this point is not a hot take, but they might get another zero points in the race. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when McLaren has a driver who's scoring in every race and doesn't look like he's going to stop anytime soon, unless like it's like an engine failure or like something probably out of his control or, or he's like a little too hot headed one time, like you, they can't fight against that consistency. I think that's the key here is the consistency right you know the trend that the, the McLaren team has had will continue whereas yeah Ferrari I think will start to fumble and fall around to the point where you'll see AlphaTauri and you'll maybe even see you know Aston Martin try to catch him catching up and, and, and becoming a competitor there in the midfield well yeah. Aston Martin pulled off a wonderful reverse strategy where both of their drivers were mm-hmm. uh knocked out well launch stroll in Q1 and Vettel in Q2 and they started on the hards and finished 9-10. Um, you know, obviously, I think Lance Stroll is a great driver personally. I think he's earned his seat in F1. And I, I think, you know, 
he's had multiple podiums so and a pole position in the rain so another good rain driver so watch out but um just pulled off a wonderful strategy i think where aston martin is winning the midfield battle currently is is in the kind of in the uh oh my what's that area where the like toto and all sit in the pit wall in the pit wall that's where they're winning the battle with strategy omar Omar, Omar. Now that now that he's done trying to sue the FIA, he's actually <laughs> it's unreal. He's doing so well. It, it's so great to see a midfield team that that doesn't kind of just go with the uh, the narrative that everyone else sets. They're kind of just doing their own thing and trying out different strategies, especially when they qualify poorly. Yeah, um, which is which is so entertaining to watch because you're seeing everyone do the same pit strategy, the same thing, and then you slowly yeah. start to see. They go, what the heck? Seb's in fourth place. He hasn't pitted yet, but he's in fourth place. Yeah, it's track position. So exciting. Yeah. Do you do you guys think that Seb has like a, a hand in that? Like since like you know like he, oh. he's just getting more experimental now that he's towards the end of his career. He's like you know what? What's like, he got to lose? Like, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I and, think, and he's I think either champion. way he has a say because when you're a four-time world champion and you're in your what 11th, 12th season of Formula One, you're gonna mm-hmm. have that pedigree and respect where engineers are going to inherently listen to you versus yeah. like a Mick Schumacher Mazepin right now. Um, they're going to yeah. rely more on their data, but you know, there's like, you see it at, at Mercedes all the time. Lewis yeah. is like, no, my tires are good. Okay. It's hammer time. Ekes out those tires for a few more laps, like bangs in record sectors mm-hmm. and then pits. So like when you have someone, and I think that's the, that's why they like much love to Checo. That's why Aston Martin brought in, Sebastian was because sure. they wanted that four-time world champion who can make those kind of calls. So sometimes they're yeah. calling strat in the cars. Um, and that's something they would have probably rehearsed, especially going along with the hards. You know, if Sebastian saw insanely high tire deg on those hards, they probably would have pulled him in earlier. But he probably was like ensuring, like, no, I can keep going. You know, T plus six, guys, let's do this. So it was just if you think about it from uh, from just like the team's perspective, also Racing Point, uh, Force India, Aston Martin—they've always been like under new ownership. It's a team that's been like looking to establish themselves. Having just like a dominant voice, like someone who knows who he is in the car, and catering to that, I feel like is exactly what a team like that needed—a young team with uh, you know that, that's kind of been all over the place, been, been all over the place with funding, all over the place with performance. Um, now they just have. Uh, a guy that's kind of been through it all and raced for, you know, some of the most hallowed teams in Formula One. And it's, it's just exciting to see them try out these new different strategies. That's a great point, actually. I hadn't thought about kind of the organizational changes they've been through in the past four years from being Force India a couple of years ago to Racing Point um, to now Aston Martin. And just like, again, I think this past week they made organizational changes. I didn't read into all of them, but they kind of structured a bit more like, like uh, Mercedes with a CTO. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a little bit of stability and also Seb bringing in that experience and stability is going to help them in the long term. So that's a, I hadn't really thought about that, but I think this year and the regulation change in next year, but like give them two years into the regulation change, they could have a serious car because they had serious pace last year and, and they have, they are showing improving pace this year. You know, that excitement that we had for Seb at the beginning of the season that, that we were all just like, dang, okay, it didn't pan out like, oh, yeah, sucked a little bit, right? That's coming back now. Me removing sure. Seb from my team, I know I remember that feeling exactly, and now I'm in that position. I'm like, yo, I kind of really want to put Seb back from my team. Uh, a couple on our on our second <laughs> podcast, I said, I, I said, 
I know I was one of these guys new to Formula One, and I was trying. I was not trying to, but I was kind of writing him off. You know, he's just a dive. Like at this point, I don't know. But I'm so. I mean, glad. He, I'm yeah, so he was balding. You had to wear a hat the whole time. Like, All right, your time's over. I'm so glad yeah. he's coming back to that that animal that he is. Yeah. When he got driver of the day the other day, the, the what was it, one or two races ago? It was at Baku. Yeah, yeah up to Baku. the podium. Oh, that was electric. I voted. Yeah. I mean, an unreal drive. Baku yeah. is just a crazy race. Yeah, there's a great, madness. there's a great Formula One video just where they do random videos with the drivers, and yeah. you know they they did word association, and the word was underrated, and at least yeah. four different drivers went yeah. Baku. Dude, mm. I mean, so they love the track. It provides yeah. amazing racing. Azerbaijan um, is beautiful. I mean, it's, you're you're they're racing oh, you been? castles and. <laughs> you been? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 I'm, right, just right. Saying, I'm just saying yeah. from the uh, from the views that you see. I've looks, never actually looks... appreciated like the country or like box, the box, box, lads trip to Azerbaijan. <laughs> yeah, right on the Caspian Sea. It's the <laughs> Visit the castle. Yeah. Pierre Gasly, oh. gentlemen. What a guy. We all know that that's our guy. Yeah. Well, I, I I change every week between him and Charles. Obviously, Lewis is my guy. But after yeah. that, after that, it's it's Pierre or Lan or um or Charles and Dog Alpha Tower is finally getting that strategy right. What do you guys think? Starting to put it together. They're still very much a Saturday team, in my opinion, especially Pierre. They just seem to not be able to keep up on Sundays. But I love that Pierre is pretty consistently putting that car starting off in like fifth to like eighth on the grid in pretty much every race. five out of seven yeah. races he's finished he started in the top six again that's great consistency he basically tells christian every time that he's qualifying he's like yo what's up why'd you gotta do that to me well you know what ah uh, there's not enough seats at ferrari but i'd love to see all these guys at ferrari mick schumacher eventually <laughs> pierre gasly um <laughs> You know, are Mer- should Mercedes be seriously looking at Pierre Gasly for that second seat? I, I mean, I, I feel like that would be there would be a lot of uh, turmoil in Formula George One. George would be George. quite angry. Yeah, if George literally raced the car last year, nearly yeah. won, got it taken away <laughs> because of the pit stop debacle, and then they just pick Pierre. Maybe, yeah. maybe that, that could have been my hot take. Twenty twenty three, Pierre Gasly gets the Mercedes drive. <laughs> I think it'd be unreal. I mean, look, the, the guy hasn't not earned it. He yeah, has no, he has a race win. And I, I don't know. And, and, and you brought up George's P6 drive for Mercedes in Bahrain short, cir- cir- short circuit last year. You think that was political? You think they couldn't have George come into Lewis's car and have him win? I've, I've contemplated that. Like, was there really a left rear puncture? <laughs> <laughs> A conspiracy theory. <laughs> Welcome to Box 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 After Dark. A conspiracy. <laughs> Put on your tinfoil hats, everyone. <laughs> Look, um, I love the result. Checo got the dub, but you know, it's just something I like to flirt with. Just the idea uh-huh. that that it got a little political. <laughs> Back to Gasly, though. He's um. What I think we can really take away from this is that he, you know, a lot of drivers in his position, whether, for instance, Albon. He was put in the seat and, and just wasn't able to perform. There was a lot of pressure in, in these 20 seats, right? There's so many racers in so many different divisions. It's 20 seats in the, in the, the foremost yeah. racing divisions. Um, and, and he got knocked down. And that's, that's kind of a tough um, 
testament to, to just like your own personal resolve, right? So yeah, the fact that he was able to kind of fight back and he being this consistent at a team, yeah. then pretty much getting the best of the car that he has, um, it's exciting, and I'm excited to follow his career throughout Formula One. As but he's got a long course. Formula and Formula One. He he will get a top drive mm-hmm. without a doubt. Absolutely. I, I, I honestly think like, you know, like in a sport where like confidence matters so much, him being able to bounce back like that from mm-hmm. a pretty like, I would say it's a pretty humiliating thing to happen to you. Like yeah. in the middle of the season being dropped from like a prestigious seat, like Red Bulls is, is a huge blow to the ego. Like, and him being able to bounce back is unreal. Yeah. I, I also, also think that the second seat at Red Bull is like the hardest job in the world. Like even earlier this year, like I was on Reddit or something and people were tearing Checo apart, like just roasting him. And I was like, why? Like he's doing his best. Like he just started. Like, but yeah, I just think there's such high expectations there. And like they are ruthless organizations. So like Pierre Gasly is the the Lewandowski of uh Formula One. <laughs> Whoa. That's wow. uh that's a wild wow. claim. Why do you say yeah. that? <laughs> Robert got dropped uh when he was, I think you know, 19 or something from his, his soccer club. They just didn't renew his contract and he trained really hard and, and eventually started playing for some of the best teams in the world. I feel like that's that's just, you know, Pierre. Fair yeah, enough. I thought you were talking about later, Lewandowski, like success with Dortmund then Munich, yeah. but I didn't know that. But yeah, um, I mean, going back to Karun, your point, what do you think is the harder seat, being Lewis's teammate at a top team or being Max's teammate uh, at a top team? It, it, it's it's a tough one. Um. Okay, I, I don't know how hard it is to drive these cars, obviously, but it seems like the Mercedes is a bit more stable and easier to approach, right? Or have they just had a stabilized team? I mean, George jumped into that car and did pretty well. So I would say that it's a pre- it's not easy to drive. It's easier than probably like average, right? Like it's, it's a very well-made, well-designed car. Whereas I think the Red Bull is... Their engineering is so catered to Max because he's been like the consistent future, really. Like I think they committed to him when they first signed him that when you come in as a second driver, you have to adjust to his style and well, his configuration really. Um, or or like, you know, be left to the wayside, right? Like there's they'll give you your own config, but like it's not gonna get as many resources as Max's does. Which is why I think someone like Checo, who's been on so many teams and has such like years of experience, was able to adapt so quickly, was because like he's seen so many different cars and he's like dealt with a well, lot of. He's been on two teams: McLaren well, yeah. and Racing Point Force India. Okay, that's fair. He's he is just the experience. I think helps him sure. like come in as opposed to being like a young guy with your first drive. It's like really hard. I think. This is a great question that you've asked also. I think like putting yourself in the position of a driver who has to decide between the two teams, just for just put yourself there for a second. It's it's really interesting to me because you see the way that Red Bull has catered for for Sergio a little bit, and he's has his own identity almost in the team, which is I think one of it's an incredible strength. And this is why this driver pairing to me is just like crazy. Um Lewis Hamilton is so incredible that. To me, Valtteri is trying to, to to copy or emulate Lewis's strategy to the point where it's so tangible to just compare one to another that if you don't comp- if you don't perform equally as well as Lewis or better than Lewis, then you're just immediately known as like the the dollar store Lewis Hamilton. 
So, so for me, I think being at a team like Red Bull would be um, almost more nurturing for, for, for a driver because you're actually able to develop your own character and your own, your own race. Um, well, yeah. it actually wasn't nurturing for Albon and Pierre Gasly as two young guys. How would yeah, that's that is the exact very opposite word I would use for Red Bull. Well, Sergio, was, right Sergio was kind of nurtured. You know? like he, they, I think they learned he? from their mistakes and, and they moved forward as a team understanding team dynamics. Sure, like last year or last year or the last two years was. I don't know if nurturing is a word. I, I, I still, dude, I, I think if Sergio was not performing like by now, he would be getting dragged. Like, I, I don't think, like, like, I don't think it's in like Christian Horner's like persona to be like, yeah, you know, I'll just give Sergio the season. We'll see how he's doing next season and we'll go from there. Like, He's he wants results yeah, now. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because they're desperate to reach Mercedes, right? Like yeah. they they are the only other team in the past decade to taste success, and they want that back. Mm-hmm. They know they have a race winning car in the right hands, so they brought in the experience. They didn't go with the youngsters through Red Bull Academy. They brought in the experience, and and now he's showing that that was the right decision. I can see nurturing was the wrong word. My SAT vocabulary kicked back in the second. <laughs> But, no uh, worries. Just just buy hot, 500 hot words again for SAT. Yeah, yeah 100%. On the download the goosh. <laughs> Austria, boys. Let's, uh... Very excited. Oh, we also, we should mention, we hit our very first Formula One bet. What a great one it was. Yes. <laughs> we hit Max, Max Paul, Verstappen pole. Oh. Actually, that's a great, that's a Great, thank you for bringing that up. Um, in a you know, in talking about Austria, why don't we just give the audience a little bit of our thoughts about potential bets? Hmm. Karun Shion, I know I have some thoughts. Would you like to? Well, it's 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 tough to tell with the rain, right? Like now, now we're kind of in a position where the all bets are kind of off. Whatever could happen. Well, it's one of those. There's races. there's one bet that's worth it. I know Teresa hate car. it because it's going to be like minus five hundred. Yeah, safety car. Safety car. Yeah. <laughs> If we want to get oh, really spicy, we if you want to make okay like twenty cents, and yeah, at, no, 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 we get okay see... odds on two safety cars. Wait, wait, did you guys <laughs> see that last race in Paul Ricard was only the tenth time in Formula One without any DNFs? Yeah, that's crazy. Really? Ten, ten. ten. That's crazy. That has to. I be mean, like... not even a DN. Like a car didn't retire. It's that's insane. Off the opening lap, no one like you know hit each other. Crash. So that's, it makes yeah. me wonder if we've seen a, another race without a DNF with 20 finishers. Is, is Paul Ricard too mellow then? It was a great just, race. Yeah, yeah, it was a great race. Everyone was just very tempered and responsible. Mm. Max nearly smashed that bollard when he went off at lap yeah. one. And I wonder yeah. if that would have damaged his, his front wing. 100%. I'm pretty sure he even had damage on the bottom of his car because he went over the, uh, the bumps pretty hard too. Curves, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it clearly didn't impact his arrows, so. Mm. So, I mean, do we want to throw that on a parlay? Also, let's let's remind, yeah. like, I'm not as bad with these odds as Evan. Yeah. <laughs> Evan actively Evan looks bets. for the plus 20,000. Yes. <laughs> yes. We almost have um, um, Thoughts on a Pierre? Oh, you said Pierre podium before, right? For, for Danny uh, Rick podium, too. Danny Rick podium. I, I, I think we should watch him qualify. Uh, yeah. If we're going to do, like, those kind of bets. It, we could do a quality bet based on the like a weather prediction. Like if it's raining, I think Lewis Paul is like. I mean, sick. let's remember Max is also elite in the rain. If mm. it's dry, Max is taking pole. Yes, like yes, yes, guaranteed. Yes. 
Yeah, I think I think a parlay between um, for race day, a parlay between safety car and uh, a podium, you know, yeah. a random podiumer. Yeah, yeah, whether yeah. that's Gasly like or, that. or Danny. I like that as a. Yeah. Let's also remember Lando Norris took his first podium in an electric last lap Lando last yes, year. Yes, yes, there he is, there he is. Yes, we'll okay. have to we'll have to assess the starting grid and free practice too. Yeah, I'm definitely the the, the time difference is, is lovely here. I'm going to be able to watch both free practices. Yeah. Um, but should we do fantasy or should we wrap up? We are. I know we're at like we're hitting it. Why don't we? Why don't we? Give uh, a couple minutes on fantasy. The, uh, I know, Karud, you might have, I, I think I, I sent you this on Instagram, but you may have had the best team possible. You have Max, you have Max, Checo, Pierre, George. And Lando. Lando. Yeah. And then Red Bull's constructor, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the best possible. It's, it's a really strong team. <laughs> I don't have yeah, to. I don't have to do anything. Anymore. I, I just kind of hang yeah, out. Yeah, the more the more I realize how it's structured, the less fun it is because Red Bull is so the, the point so variation gross. is so yeah yeah. It's like if you take McLaren as your constructor, like you're just gonna lose three hundred points over the course of the season, if not more. Yeah. yeah. Um. But you guys but have yeah, to use your mega drivers. Coming out I have. So you guys, you know. That's where it really comes. I out. may use I may use the on Verstappen in in the Red Bull ring. Mm. Wow. Okay. Any other changes? Oh, the Wi-Fi is getting a little dodgy. Keep, keep it the same. I'm not changing anything, bro. You found your. You so we got your, uh, in P1. Team. We gave you his team. I can go through my team. Um, oh, it might so. be my internet. Um, we got myself in P2. I've got Verstappen, Norris, Alonso, Turbo Driver. Gasly, Giovinazzi, and Red Bull's constructor still occupying that P2. I'll either be P1 or P2. Uh, not really threatened by Cheyenne whatsoever. Hey, we were close for a bit there, but then I uh, forgot to set my team this past week. We were 40 points oh, off this okay, okay. game, right? Um, Charles, I forgot to make Charles not my turbo driver, or just take him out of my team entirely, actually. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. That's that where you got super painful. Um, so yeah, that's how my team did to all the, the all the followers of um, unbeatable, unbeatable. It's uh, we're we're not doing too great, but we're we're gonna make an improvement. Leave some leave some comments Chef, down. I in wanted the, to give uh, the people your team podcast, and I'll uh, I'll take them into consideration. It's, it's the podcast team now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you did I'm you like, give the, the listeners the team yet? No, I. Just yeah, Verstappen, Norris, Leclerc, Schumacher, uh, Raikkonen, and Red Bull is a constructor. So yeah, Charles, Charles hurt me. Uh, Lando is—he's just been incredible. He's just been doing his thing this whole time. His value has been going up over the season. Max was a was Max. Uh, I'm pretty happy with Schumacher. I think I'm just gonna keep him on there, see how he goes. Um, and you know, it might be a, it might be a. Um, Giovinazzi switch over Raikkonen because he was performing like kind of decently. Yeah, I brought in Giovinazzi. So yeah, that's uh, that's what it is for me. Red Bull is just gonna stay the constructor. That will be Red Bull constructor will probably make up eighty to ninety percent of my points on any given week. Um, so yeah. Cheers. Well, this is a good three race summary chat that we just did. Hopefully, yeah. it'll be more consistent from now on. I Absolutely. hope the, the listeners like the format this time. 
yeah we hope you enjoyed the the boys chatting away and we're excited to bring you episode four shortly hopefully with a guest feature so look out for it and stay safe everyone have a lovely lovely day until next time this is box box socks out box 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 <laughs>